What's up, everybody? This is Jeff from True Knowles Talk. Uh, if you haven't heard about one of our sponsors, it's Anchor FM by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything really you need in one place. And if you would, let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you host on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many more. I mean, there's about 10, 15 that they'll do. It's everything you need all in one place. So really, guys, go to your app store, download the Anchor app, or go to Anchor FM and get started and go Knowles. Welcome, everybody, to The Nation. This is a Florida State Athletics podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and welcome to our show. Well, guys, our Knowles suffered really a tough loss Saturday night, but it kind of came with a lot of learning moments and really showed us all what this team needs to improve on, and maybe they wasn't as good right then as we thought they were. Now, I'm not really going to speak much about the game against North Carolina State because really there's no reason that's why your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. Where you're going and what's in front of you is more important than where you came from and what's in the past. And Clemson is fast approaching. Florida State will host the Clemson Tigers. I believe they're number four in the nation. They, you know, hold a record of six and zero this season. But last weekend the Tigers beat kind of a mutual opponent we had in Boston College by a score of 31 to 3, but really Boston College was good enough to stay with the Tigers for almost a whole half. Boston College led in virtually every category at the break except for converting in red zone chances. But Clemson would in the second half show who they are and why they were the number 5 team in the nation. Offensively, they're kind of holding an average of 170.5 yards on the ground, ranking them the 54th team for rushing in Division 1. The Tigers have earned, I believe it's 2,552 total yards this year. When it comes to scoring, you know, Clemson's, they can score. They've got 29 touchdowns via, I mean, 15 from the pass and 14 from the rush. And when it comes to turning the ball over, they very seldom give the other team a chance. They've only, I believe, turned it over five times this year. And when it comes to putting the ball in the end zone, they're being able to do it. They're averaging about 39.3 points per game. Whereas our beloved Knowles, they head into this game 4-2 and two on the season. Really two tough loss in the last two games. Their last game, I mean, we all seen it. They were defeated, you know, 19-17. I believe I put that on Twitter. That, that game kind of reminded me of the 2012 NC State game. But Jordan Travis carried the ball, I believe, seven times, 108 yards. He finished the contest with 15.4 yards per attempt for FSU. Travis had one touchdown. You know, finished the contest with 181 yards on 15 for 30, so he was 50%. While his QBR was 98.3, he did throw two interceptions. I mean, in that game, we had a hard time stopping the run from NC State. Florida State allowed 46 run attempts for 182 yards. That's about four yards per carry. The Knowles secondary, I mean, we gave up a completion percentage of 47.8 and gave up 125 yards on 11 for 23 passing. 
and that was just from a from O'Leary because the guy that came in behind him, I don't think threw but one pass, if that. The Seminoles ended up finishing with, I believe, 387 yards. They ran 58 plays, which is an average of about 6.7 yards per play. Now, they did rush for 4.7 per attempt, finishing with 206 yards on 28 attempts. But, guys, that's really enough about last weekend's game because we all seen it. We've all heard the the moaning and groaning from the fans. We've heard everything about it. We're just – I mean, honestly, guys, I'm just tired of talking about it and hearing about it. So, I mean, let's just focus on what there is. You know, yes, we've lost two games. And two games we should have pulled out. Now, I'm not saying – Wake Forest game could have been a win, maybe. The NC State game should have. But now it's time to kind of play the spoiler for other teams. And coming up right on our plate is Clemson, who enters the contest, I believe, ranked number four right now. And I don't know if many of y'all remember this, but Clemson, last season the Clemson Tigers had an elite defense, but when it came to their offense, well, they lacked the explosiveness really that we were all accustomed to seeing from the Tigers and Dabo Sweeney in years past. Fast forward to this season, their defense in my eyes, really from what you see on film, has taken kind of a half step back. Their offense, on the other hand, has kind of taken two or three steps forward. That worries me. And it all starts and kind of stops really with me with their quarterback, you know, DJ Uliungale. This season, you know, he looks like a completely different player from last year. And really, I can't give you an answer really why that is. You know, it's not known to me. But really, I can't really think about it except, I mean, their playbook hadn't changed. You know, it's still the same playbook. You know, the nuts and bolts are still the same. One of the reasons, you know, I think it is, is kind of every position group around DJ has kind of gotten a little bit better and kind of helped him out quite a bit. I mean, I guess, I mean, one of the reasons, you know, I can see is DJ, you know, he can use his legs. He's a he's a mobile quarterback. Um, they use him actually in a lot of design runs. Their really go-to play is kind of like a quarterback counter. And, I mean, I know a bunch of y'all that's listening as football fans. Y'all kind of know what it is. But I know some of the listeners ain't really into the football thing. But that, the counter, you know, you, you pull your lineman. Clemson even pulls a running back as a lead blocker. Kind of opens up running lanes for DJ. And he's a, he's a very good runner. You know, he has a big frame, but he doesn't run with much authority that you would think with somebody his size. Then you look at his legs giving you that threat. You pair him with really, honestly, one of the best running backs in the country in my eyes, and that's sophomore Will Shipley, who last season was the player that carried that team up until his ankle injury. And if memory serves me right, in the second half of the game last year, he really kind of took it over at times and – kept Clemson ahead of us for the most part. Now, you add them two together on top of the other running backs they got, and suddenly Clemson has a real solid running game to fall back on. This does not, in my eyes, you know, favor us, favor the Knowles. You know, we want to keep kind of a too-high safety look to kind of protect our corners who've struggled against, you know, a mobile quarterback. Clemson's main goal with their running game is to kind of pull our safeties down to help with the run game, and then that opens things up for DJ's arm in the passing game. And Clemson's passing game isn't really a complicated one. It ain't nothing like Wake Forest, you know, where we have to read a mesh and that slow mesh thing. 
This team is extremely RPO heavy. I believe they're like the third highest RPO play rate in the country. I think whenever I looked at my notes earlier, they they run an RPO play about 45% of the time, which is staggering. Now, I mean, we've all watched them. I've watched them. Everybody else watched them. And really what I see is they tend to like to run a kind of RPO screen pass. This allows, you know, the quarterback to read the apex or overhanging defender on the outside. And if he plays the outside, you know, if he bounces out to defend the screen, then he'll give the ball to Shipley who runs it right up the gut. But if he crashes down to stop Shipley, then, you know, their quarterback will pull it, you know, and then the numbers on the outsides in his favor. But sometimes I've noticed, you know, he still reverts back to last year and making kind of some questionable throws, which I believe hopefully our defensive backs can take advantage of. You know, he'll make a wrong read every now and then. But if the defense starts cheating their safeties up, you know, to stop that, he's got a strong enough arm. and He's got a slew of talented receivers. Uh, what's his name? Buo Collins, Antonio Williams, Joseph Nagata. You know, he'll go over the top. And they actually – their offense, that's the core of their thing. They're the third most in go routes. Like, they run the third most go routes in the nation out of this offense. And it is much improved, but it's still, some, you know, kind of a glimpse. You know, you have the old DJ, you know, if he's pressured, he'll make a bad throw. And then, hopefully, you know, what I'm hoping for is our defensive line can at least get pressure on him. Because I don't think in the three games that we can compare each other to, He's seen a defensive line, even with our backups in, that can put pressure on him. And his offensive line, yet, I mean, they're improved, but they've allowed nine sacks, and they've allowed two sacks in the Wake Forest game and the Boston College game. Now, I mean, if we want to look at Florida State, we've given up 932 rushing yards. That's an average of 155.3 yards per game and six touchdowns via the rush. That's not going to be good because Will Shipley will take advantage of that. We've also given up nine touchdowns through the air, and I believe it's like 170.3 yards per game, which, I mean, we're ranked number 14th in the nation in that category. Our defense, you know, they've taken part in about, I think it's like 407 plays, which is ranked 73rd in Division One. The Seminoles, we only give up, I mean, if you look at last year to this year, we're giving up only 20.8 points per game, which puts us 38th in the nation overall. You know, they – now here's the big elephant in the room, their defense. This is a defense we're going to see. Clemson, you know, are they better than NC State? Or are they average with NC State? You know, you kind of a toss-up. They're kind of even par, really, in my eyes – but they're a very good defense. They are going to, you know, run multiple fronts. They still, you know, they'll still show you a lot of the remnants of the 3-3-5 defense they ran under uh, Oklahoma head coach now Brent Venerables. But they're not afraid, you know, to line up with a four-man four down if the situation calls for it. And one of the main reasons they can do that is they're loaded with talent up front on the defensive line. Personally, Brian Breezy, when healthy, and K.J. Henry, those two are probably two of the best edge rushers in the country besides really, you know, we're going to be biased, you know, Jared Verse, McClendon, you know, our guys. But K.J., you know, 
he looks very good on film. He's surrounded by, you know, so much talent. He really gets one-on-one looks on the outside, and that's not going to bode well for our our tackles on the outside. With all this talent and pressure they're going to bring up front, that means that's one heck of a run defense, really. And they're really one of the best run defenses in the country. They're actually second in the nation in yards allowed per rush. Opposing teams are only running about an average, I believe it's 2.2 yards per carry, and they're only giving up about 63.7 yards on the ground this season per game. Through the first six games, I mean, they've only given up, I believe it's like 382 yards in those six games. Their defense is sitting 25th in the nation, which is about normal where Clemson sits when it comes to team defense. They're only giving up about 18.3 points per contest. Now, when you look at Clemson, Everybody remembers, you know, they've had very good linebackers. Now, is their linebackers as good as NC State's? Honestly, in my heart, I don't believe so. But their second level, they play very aggressive. They're the sixth highest in the nation on blitz rate in the country. That means Clemson's going to bring a lot of pressure, especially to our offensive line. Hopefully, we got uh, the right pieces in there. Hope Alex Atkins really does it and puts the pieces together because they're going to be tested Saturday night. They are. Now, if you look at their defense, you think to yourself, is there an Achilles heel? They do have one. That's really their pass defense. With their linebackers playing so aggressively, they then have to show kind of a lot of one-high looks, and that often puts their young corners on islands on the outside. So it forces them to play kind of a fair amount of like cover six if y'all know what I'm talking about, which is just basically cover two to one side of the field, meaning that there's one deep safety that takes half the field and cover four to the other two deep defenders. You know, they have to cover half the thing. And really, Wake Forest took advantage of those young cornerbacks and, you know, that safety and really lit them up and had a heyday. Really, Hartman had a heyday with them, and they committed a lot of pass interference in that uh, contest with Wake. The thing I see about their defense is they keep one safety near the box. So they're going to keep a safety up kind of in an apexed um, position. But that's just to help the run support, which it means, like we said, the, the corners have to carry their man deep without any help from a safety at times. Clemson normally aligns their cover two side with the wide side of the field. This means that the pocket throw between the deep safety and the short corner is usually the longest throw available on the field. That's something that Wake Forest, like I said, took advantage of when they played. In terms of passing yards allowed, the Tigers are allowing 1,536 yards this season, which ranks them 101st in the nation. They've given up 256 yards per game via the pass, in addition to allowing a completion percentage of 61%. Now, as a whole team, defensively they allow about 319.7 yards per game which ranks them about 24th in the nation he allowed i believe a total of 12 touchdowns this year 10 by the pass and i believe two by the ground this really shows their strength as a run defense which is going to be an interesting matchup to keep an eye on especially with the Knowles. you know this is one of our better you know running teams we've seen we're coming in at i believe 11 yards per rush on the season Plus, you know, Norvell, he wants to kind of establish that run game, even if it's been made clear by the defensive coordinator and by the defensive line that that's not going to happen. 
even though, you know, we've all seen it. He does have them little trick gadgety plays that where he can open holes up, you know, against odd fronts. He he loves running like the counter, the pin and pull. You know, what I see is with Clemson, they're going to bring that pressure up front. They're going to try to stop the run game. And that's all good. Let them try that. The Knowles, you know, we have a formula, really, of putting yards, you know, in forms of chunk plays. And we've been able to generate these disposal plays mostly because of, you know, here's Johnny, six foot seven Johnny Wilson. But against the defense of this caliber, this is a lot easier really said than done. This Clemson team, they're really talented. And really, I mean, the last two games, couple this one in, that's one heck of a gauntlet for a, an offense to have to go through, especially this early in the season. I mean, it's only game six. And that's one heck of a, like I said, a gauntlet. Now, the good thing is the Knowles are average. I believe it's like 465.8 yards per contest, which is 23rd in the nation. They currently have a total of, I believe it's 1,570 yards via the pass, in addition to an average of, I believe it's about 262 passing yards per contest, which ranks them right up there in the top 50 at 45th in college football. So really, when I mean, when you talk about the Knowles' ability to score points, they can score. Granted, we've had struggles in the red zone right now. We're sitting at 59th in the country, you know, by scoring. I, mean, I think we're averaging right at 31 points per game. The Knowles, though, they can pull this game off if you compare the yards per play on offense and defense to common opponents. FSU's offense, if you look at it, they've actually been kind of a yard per play better th- and their defenses have been, I think it was about a half a yard better than Clemson on average, despite losing, you know, two of the three games. This tells me, you know, one of two things. The Knowles are probably a better team than what our record really indicates. Or we kind of have trouble converting, you know, and turning them losses into wins. I mean, granted, guys, this is a young team. I mean, for how many years has this team been told they stunk? How many times has the fan base yelled from the the bleachers in the stands saying, y'all stink? I mean, this team really, if y'all look at it, they really are still learning how to win. And if you look at our record, you know, Bobby Bowden said it, you know, lose big, lose small, win small, win big. You know, we're kind of in that in-between phase of losing small and winning small if you look at our, our games this year. Now, granted, there are, you know, I believe three concerns of mine that we have to fix in order really to have a chance to win this game and send old Dabo back to Clemson, you know, crying his eyes out. And I, and I hope that happens because after the COVID year debacle where he wanted to run his mouth, even though they brought the COVID positive player down with them, you know, there's – Still some animosity there. And then last year, you know, he's been on record saying that that game made him sick to his stomach watching it. I mean, really, Dabo, do you, do you hate the Knowles that bad? Are you scared of the Knowles? I, I believe it's more the scared thing because I believe Dabo sees his dynasty crumbling. You know, how many assistants left this year to take head coaching jobs? Quite a few. Um, but really, you know, there's three concerns of mine. We're going to start number three. And this is a big one as of late. And that's giving up free yards, you know, via the penalties. The Knowles have racked up 429 yards of penalties in 46 
infractions this year. That's an average of 71 yards per game just because of penalties. That's a big difference. I mean, we've all seen it. We've seen it last game. We've seen it in the Wake Forest game. I mean, that's good for, I believe, 21st in college football in terms of helping the other team out, which has given us two losses in the column. Now, you know, yes, I mean, that's a lot of yards, but in just the last two games. Guys, I want you all to really listen to this one. In the last – well, I wouldn't even say two. In the last three games, we've committed 25 penalties for 226 yards. Now, y'all just think back, you know – Where's majority of them penalties come from? They've come in crucial times. You know, instead of third and two last Saturday, Gibbons with his personal foul put us at third and 17. You know, Ward bringing it down to the four-yard line against Wake, Darius Washington having his holding call. It's penalties in the most crucial parts that really hurt us. Whereas Clemson, you know, they're kind of on par with us. And, you know, they've committed 36 penalties for 340 yards. That's an average of about 56 yards per, you know, per play or per game, I mean. And against the three opponents, they've committed, they're, they're even with the three opponents. They're 21 penalties for 225 yards. We've committed four more penalties, only a yard difference. Not so big of a difference, except, like I said, we commit ours in the dumbest times of the games when it's the most crucial. They committed most of theirs against Wake Forest with pass interference calls. So, really, I mean, that's the thing. How are we going to clean up the penalties? I would love to see a game where, like, Clemson had, and I'm not trying to pat them on the back, but really the last game against Boston College, they only had two penalties for 10, 10 yards. Now, the second thing is, with the rushing attack, of their quarterback and Will Shipley, who's going to start at defensive tackle? That's been a sore thing here lately, you know, with big Robert Cooper going down, with Fabian Lovett going down. The defensive line has been hit with with quite an injury bug as late. And if you're going to live by that motto, next man up, you have to rotate you as many good players in as you can. And, you know, you're talking about some guys that are flexible, and really, I mean, when I think about it, I think, you know, Dennis Briggs, he's played very well. At the end of the year last year, you know, his flexibility and all that, they moved him to the Fox position because of that depth on the inside. Then you look, you know, Patrick Payton's been playing well. You can rely on Jared Verse, you know, Leonard Warner, Derek McClendon. They've all been solid this year. And, you know, with, like I said, Fabian and Coop out, you've got to grow – the the depth you've got to let them players come in and really honestly a player that has just leaped off the 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 tv is to me on defense and that's josh farmer he's really surprised me and really to talk about josh farmer you know first off everybody wants to talk about the rough and the passer i i can't be mad at that because this i mean farmer does he plays with 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 confidence, you know, good technique, good effort, kind of an aggressive at times. I can't be mad at that. I can't be mad at that play. I think it was a bull junk call, really. I mean, he done everything perfect. He done everything perfect. He played it how you wanted to play. I mean, I coach football. 
you know, he beat the block. His eyes were up. He ran through the play. He was attacking the quarterback's throwing arm, trying to disrupt the pass. I mean, I don't know how much money that that head official had in his back pocket. It had to have been a good chunk. I just don't agree with it, but that's something I really love to see, you know, that kind of play in a defensive lineman. You know, then another one, you know, you got Malcolm Ray. He's come along as of late, and, you know, he's showing flashes also. But Josh Farmer, to me, I believe he's going to be a big name for the Garnet and Gold for, you know, years to come. Then the number one thing, this is something that I believe every fan that listens to the show, every fan that watches it, that we can all agree on this. Can we stop the opponent during the first drive of the second half? Can Adam Fuller, can Randy Shannon, can can they convince these boys that you don't have to let the team after halftime, run right down the field and put up seven points. And I'm not saying that the defense has has not given us chances, you know, to win the games in the last two games. They have. I'm not. I'm not saying that. They do, in fact, need to, like I said, stop allowing the team to draw drive down the field on the opening drive. I mean, if you look at it, the last two games they've allowed wait to go. I believe it was seven plays, seventy five yards, scored a touchdown. You know. NC State, they went 10 plays, 84 yards, touchdown. I mean, if this defense puts together a stop on both those drives, I mean, I'm not saying we're 6-0, and but we're at, at best 5-1. and And that's something that really Dabo Sweeney and all them would be scared of, a 5-1 and Florida State team coming in with momentum against his team that's kind of struggled as of late. But, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to uh, – let y'all hear from one of our sponsors and then after the break we're going to kind of look at kind of the comparison of florida state and clemson against mutual opponents this year have you ever wanted to own your very own spear just like the one chief osceola uses then what are you waiting for go to gotspears.com and place your order Got Spears is committed to bringing its customers a unique product. All spears are made to order, and are made in America using only the best materials, so you can be sure each spear will last a lifetime. So, what are you waiting for? Go to GotSpears.com or you can call or text John at 850-509-0909 and get yours today. Guys, welcome back. Welcome back. Like I said before, you know, a word from our sponsor. We're going to kind of look at the three opponents we played so far. But first, you know, you can't doubt, you know, last year the Knowles did play Clemson pretty pretty tough. You know, we nearly upset them. In my eyes, this year's Knowles, you know, we have the potential. We're actually much better than last year in my eyes. The defense has constantly gotten better through the first six games our offense has been kind of inconsistent so far at times i guess that's kind of why the the betting line for the game went from seven to 3.5 we do have a bunch of injuries on both sides of the ball clemson returns a bunch of players you know that's been injured and missing in previous games could that hurt them possibly the chemistry ain't there but like i said you know we do have three opponents that are 
common. We've played the same three. And really, Clemson, you know, in my eyes, you know, could have, should have lost to Wake Forest. But they pulled it out in overtime. NC State played them close and tough. And then Boston College, really, I mean, it was a one-possession game at halftime. I believe it was 3-3 three to three at halftime before Clemson really pulled away and just scored, I believe it was like 28 unanswered in the second half and won, I believe it was like 31-3. to three. Then when you look at Florida State, you know, when we played Wake, it was a one-possession game late in the fourth. You know, our defense really held, you know, Wake Forest to a season low offensively. We dominated NC State in the first half before we kind of, in my eyes, kind of went too conservative in the second half. And then Boston College, we just dominated that one. I mean, start to finish. Opening kickoff to the last week, we dominated that one. But, you know, if you look at Wake Forest against Clemson, Clemson took a quick 14-0 lead over Wake. Then the Demon Deacons, you know, they cut the lead. I believe it was – by then it was 17-14, midway through the second quarter. Clemson, you know, got a field goal. It was 20-14 at the half. And from there on, they just really – like they just kind of back and forth touchdowns up until the end of the game or end of regulation. Really, it was 38-38. And really a game that I thought Wake Forest had the momentum – they opened up the first drive of overtime with a touchdown. Clemson answered with a score. Second overtime, you know, Clemson scored. Then they kind of put a little bit of that pressure, like I talked about earlier, on Hartman, and they just couldn't convert it. Um, Wake Forest, I believe, in that game, they scored, I mean, it was 38 points. They averaged 6.57 yards per play, uh, was 5 for 12 on third downs. Now, they did have three penalties for 45 yards and zero turnovers. Clemson, on the other hand, was, you know, they 6.5 yards per play, 16 for 23 on third down, zero turnovers. Clemson did, though, like I said earlier, had 10 penalties for 120 yards in that game. Majority of that was pass interference calls. But then you want to flip the script, kind of flip the pancake over. Against FSU, Wake Forest scored 31 points. Now, remember the number I said earlier. Wake Forest had 6.5, 6.57 yards per play against Clemson. Their average against Florida State was only 4.76 yards per play. They had 10 for 18, I believe it was, on third downs. There we go again. We got to get off the, off the field on third down. Had four penalties for 40 yards. Clemson against Wake, you know, 6.5 yards per play. We're right below that when we played them. We're 6.23 yards per play. We're four for 11 on third downs. We had 11 penalties for 96 yards and one costly turnover. You know, Wake Forest hit Clemson's defense. You know, we kind of the same aggressive, you know, kind of offensive barrage, that slow mesh. You know, they they took advantage of it. And then, like I said, the pass interference calls. So, I mean, really in that game, we're kind of neck and neck with Clemson. Then you want to fast forward to we just go to the to the NC State game. That's the one that's on everybody's mind still. Clemson and NC State, you know, they traded field goals, and I believe at the first possession before you know Clemson took the lead with a six-three lead. I mean, it was a field goal game there for a while. 
NC State, you know, answered their first touchdown to take, I believe it was 10-6 before Clemson answered. And at halftime, it was only a 13-10 game. You know, when we, what was it, 17-3 at the half? Clemson come out, you know, they they kind of took advantage of it. Uh, first possession touchdown in the third quarter, extended to 20-10. to 10. NC State answered with a field goal in the next possession. Thir- I mean, it was 20-13. to 13. But if you look at it, and that's really all we're going to look on that besides the average points and all that. NC State scored 20 points on Clemson. NC State averaged 4.04 yards per play. They were 5 for 14 on third down. Now, with FSU against NC State, they averaged 19 points and 4.44 yards per play. 2 for 13 on third downs. Now, that goes to show you you know, we're still even with Clemson. Clemson averaged 5.2 yards per play against NC State. Had zero turnovers and was 6 for 14 on third downs. Now, Clemson did have nine penalties for 95 yards in that game. When we played them last weekend, we averaged 6.67 yards per play. We were 5 for 13 on third downs. Now, here's the thing. Ten penalties for 100 yards. None bigger than, like I said, Gibbons with his personal foul. And really, you know, FSU dominated NC State in the first half. Like I said earlier, 17-3 lead at half. And that included a drop touchdown pass that would have made it 24-3. And then we went scoreless in the second half with multiple drops, multiple turnovers. You know, the turnovers really was on the final two possessions. You give us back them drop passes. I believe, you know, like I said, we're going in five and one. Now, here's the game. Really, if you look at the stats on this one, you're going to – everybody's listening is going to kind of – their eyebrows are going to raise up, really. And that's the, the most recent game for Clemson. That was against Boston College. We dominated Boston College. Clemson was holding on to a 10-3 to lead at the half. You know, in Boston College, they, they helped them out. They missed field goals. And having, I believe, it was like a turnover on downs. You know, they missed two field goals in the second half and fumbled, you know, the ball. Clemson, you know, afterwards, you know, they took it, you know, 24-3 to with 14, like with, with really the whole fourth quarter left. And then finally won 31-3. to But Boston College, yes, they scored three points on Clemson. That was it. 3.52 yards per play. They had some penalties that helped them out. Clemson, on the other hand, they only averaged 5.77 yards per play. And granted, that's a lot, you know, when you only got to go 10 yards. Um, now, they did only have two penalties for 10 yards, like I said. Um, they did have one turnover, but against Florida State. Boston College only scored 14 points, and really those 14 points was in garbage time when we had our second string in. I mean, we only had seven starters in when they scored those 14 points. Boston College only averaged 3.73 yards per play and was four of 13 on third downs. Turn it around. We scored 44 points on that same team where Clemson only averaged 5.7 yards per play 
we were averaging 8.03 yards per play. And we still had seven penalties for 59 yards in that game. No turnovers. But, guys, we, we dominated that team start to finish. You know, kind of in – this is kind of going to be my, my final thoughts, you know. One common theme between the three games that I've seen is the Knowles defense actually played better or was kind of even with Clemson's defense. The Knowles – we give up fewer points, you know, in those three games. Boston College really, you know, you know, would have scored more than seven, really, you know, against Clemson if they not missed, like I said, the field goals. We dominated Boston College the entire game, like I said. Dominated NC State for a longer stretch than Clemson. Held Wake Forest to a season low in points and yards per play. And – should have scored 30-plus points in that game. I mean, that game should have been out of reach. Um, the thing I see that hurts us is, is our injuries. You know, they've stacked up. But I said it before the season. I'm going to say it again. What defense are we going to get? If we get that defense, you know, that came out against Boston College, really it's going to be, you know, a real good game for us. I mean, Clemson's going to hate it going back. But really, in my eyes, for the first time since I could say 2014, these teams, these two teams are matched up evenly across the board. The Knolls have a more explosive offense, you know, even though we've been inconsistent here lately. But Clemson, you know, they're more consistent with the touchdowns in the red zones. Clemson also has a better kicker. So if it comes down to that, you know, it's going to be a nail-biter. Where, you know, the Knolls are quite capable of putting points up with our passing attack, and hopefully it opens up. Mainly against a, a secondary, I believe, you know, is young, inexperienced, vulnerable. Yes, they have good linebackers, but like I said earlier, I'm not sure if they're quite on the level that NC State's uh, linebackers were. It should be a great game. Doke's going to be rocking. And really, in my eyes, the team that makes the fewest mistakes, and dear God, I hope we get our penalties fixed, will win this game. And like I said, if the FSU team that shows up against against Boston College shows up, you know, it should be over by mid-third quarter. But if the team that showed up the last two weeks shows up, then like I said, we're in for a nail-biter. And that one's really too close to call. But nonetheless, you know, I think the Knowles defense will stand up and, you know, become the Tiger Kings. So my final prediction on this one, I'm, I'm just going to – throw one out I'm it's kind of iffy um I think I'm gonna go 35 28 Knowles you know it could be closer than that but I think our our passing game against their secondary is really gonna be the difference maker but guys you know this was kind of a a quick show um I appreciate everybody for listening um if you're listening on Apple device give a five-star rating um if you're on youtube like subscribe guys i appreciate everything y'all have a great weekend hopefully next week whenever uh, we do the show we'll be celebrating a florida state victory during the bye week and go Knowles. 
catch! Yeah! Touchdown, Official!